0: You're listening to episode 130 of the Pastor-Writer podcast, conversations on reading, writing, and the Christian life. I'm your host, Chase Replogle. It's hard for me to imagine doing my work without Logos Bible software. I use it just about every day as a pastor as a writer, and just as a believer, trying to study and understand more of the scripture. Recently, Logos released their Version 9, a two-year process between versions, and I'm joined on today's episode by Scott Lindsay, the Executive Director of Faith Life, to talk about Logos and Version 9. He shares a lot of really interesting insights about some of the writers that he's worked with, and he knows personally how they use Logos, but also how every believer whether you're a pastor or a writer, would find benefit from the software. It's Scott's second time on the podcast, and as he did before, he came with a special discount for pastor-writer listeners. I hope you enjoy this one as much as I did. Thanks for listening. Well, I'm joined on the podcast today for the second time by Scott Lindsay. He's the executive director of Faith Life, the parent company of Logos Bible Software. And Scott is a nationally renowned expert on the future of digital Bible study, as well as a conference presenter for the last 20-plus years. Uh, I always like the best way to introduce Scott is to read you a little endorsement of his. So the endorsement goes, Scott, as the ambassador of Logos, greatly helped me learn how to customize Logos, master its best features. I heartily recommend him and his training to anyone who wants to get the most out of their study using Logos Bible software. That endorsement from the Tim Keller Redeemer Presbyterian Church, so I can't think of a higher endorsement than that. Scott, it's a, a privilege to have you back on the Podcast for the second time.
1: Uh, it's good to be here. A little funny story about uh, that endorsement was I went out to New York years ago and spent a full day with uh, Tim in his apartment on Roosevelt Island. And I admitted to him when we got done, I was there three, four, five hours because he was like, "I have to learn logos. I have way too many book contracts that I've signed, and if I don't master this thing, I'm <laughs> trouble." And I told him. Uh, that I was pinching myself underneath the desk a few times. Like, am I really helping Tim Keller study the Bible? This is like weird. Um, (laughs) it was an amazing day, uh, super gracious man. And yeah, that was fun.
0: Yeah, pretty, pretty amazing experience, I'm sure. Well, um, I've heard you say before that, uh, maybe I'm, this is how I'm remembering it at least that you have probably attended more Christian conferences than any human in church history. I know that's a big part of what you've been doing for 20 plus years. Uh, but as we find ourselves during these times where there's significantly less of those conferences, at least in person, uh, I wonder what, what you've been up to during COVID and, uh, how sort of spending more time around the house, how that's impacted the work you're doing with faith life.
1: Yeah, so faith life is exploding in growth, and it's mainly the what we call the church products side of the house, and that is all these technologies that we've been working on for five, six, seven years: online giving, live streaming, church membership, and you know, there's a lot of churches out there that are using digital technologies for for ministry like that, but COVID forced every church to have to use technologies for ministry. So the growth that we've seen this year has been astronomical. I think I think we've hired close to 100 employees in the last three months, four months. I mean, it's been really that kind of an insane growth period for us. But if there was one department in the company that was most affected by COVID, it's mine because we are the conference gurus you know i've got 2 million plus miles with united and i have a whole team across the us and canada and in 2019 we did over 400 conferences worldwide uh and that came to a grinding halt as of about february of this year so uh we transitioned to more zoom and podcasts and webinars so I jokingly told uh, I was on. I did a webinar with a prominent Christian author uh, this Monday and said I was in the garage and I hit my thumb with my hammer, and my new cuss word is actually "zoom." <laughs>
0: uh,
1: you know the, and it's just it has kind of become a cuss word for many. <laughs> it's just
0: what comes out. You're yeah, so I, much of it these days.
1: It's so much of it, but it's been good. I'm definitely home more. Um, I have nine kids. I've got five grandkids. We all live in the same town. I've got a few married, obviously with grandkids. But uh, learning the first few months, how does Scott manage his role at Faith Life and manage the craziness at the Lindsay home has been a challenge. But I think we're we've, we're 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 kind of getting there. We're we're figuring things out, and you know, I I have the stare of death, if you will, when I'm getting ready to do something like a podcast or webinar downstairs. Like, hey. I need it quiet. I'm upstairs in my office. You know, we can't be throwing the football in the living room. And we're finally getting to a point where there's a, a bit of normalcy.
0: I just noticed out my window, my wife in the minivan with the kids made the grocery store run, which we try to time anytime I'm doing a podcast recording for the same reason. So I live in the same world. Um, I, a lot of what you've been doing, I've been seeing you putting out uh, some interviews of your own uh, with some prominent pastors and thinkers and have been really, really helpful. Um, I'm curious to hear you reflect... Uh You've spent a lot of time, we sort of alluded to Tim Keller, but there's a long list of, of pastors and preachers that you've had the opportunity to sit down and talk through Logos with. Uh, when you reflect back on all of that time you've spent, uh, is there a takeaway or are there important lessons you've learned about how some of those leaders in the church, some of our best preachers and teachers, how they're approaching Bible study and then also how Logos is aiding in that?
1: Yeah, so that was another project, if you will. You know, Scott's not going to be on airplanes, so how do we keep Scott busy during COVID? And so we launched a show called Faith Life Live, which we were doing uh, every week or at least every other week. But with the launch of Logos 9, which I think we're definitely going to talk about, it uh, was kind of all hands on deck. You know, so much work that got poured in, especially the last month or two to release Logos 9. Um, But yeah, I mean, it was awesome. Um, If I had some favorites, I mean, talking with uh, Pastor Charlie Dates and Pastor Brian Loritz on racism, you know, just kind of what the country, especially the summer went through um, and just getting that perspective from uh, a couple black pastor friends uh, was was very informative. Uh, Another favorite one was uh, having Matt Chandler and Harold Sinkbile to talk about the care of souls and that pastors really need to make sure uh that they're guarding their hearts and that they're um you know fill. Uh, you know it's out of the overflow of our own personal walk with Jesus that we are able to uh you know minister and if if that's not happening you know we see the effects of that so Yeah. And then having some super high scholars, you know, those are the ones that make me most nervous because I am, I am not a scholar. Yes, I have logos, but I'm not a scholar, but Mike Lycona, Gary Habermas, uh, Dr. Michael Heiser. uh, But those were wonderful. So yeah, it's, it's been, it's been fun. And um, I would say the one that kind of resonated with me the most was having N.T. Wright uh, talk about the pandemic and how as Christians, we, uh, need to mourn with those who mourn and and just this whole idea of lament, which is something we don 't hear talked about a lot or or preached on you know lamenting we don't we don't want to go there right um so that was that was profound and awesome and then and Paul Miller on prayer uh you know probably one of the best books i've ever read on prayer is the praying uh, praying life by Paul Miller, and it was just great to have him on and and that's the one area i mean i have many areas but if i had to pick a top area that i really need to work on is my prayer life so that that was very convicting uh, but very informative as well so uh just it's been great
0: yeah, some good conversations. Uh, Harold Sinkville's been on the podcast a couple times, so I'm a big fan of his work too. But uh, as you alluded to, drum roll, we want to make sure we talk about Logos 9 was recently released. And uh, the reason you're on for the second time, we had a chance to talk when version 8 rolled out. And so uh, it's Logos is a huge part of what I do as a pastor. Um, it's been open today already. It's a part of what I do as a writer. It's it's usually always open on my desktop. I'm jumping back and forth. I'm using it on my mobile a lot. So it's uh, it's something I believe passionately and for other pastors, for writers, for really any Christian that's serious about biblical study. So I was excited to be able to uh, maybe talk through some of the new features, give people a heads up on on what's improved. And of course, uh, one of the first features, which I'll uh, let you sort of walk through too, but much anticipated, dark mode has been added. So if you are in bed studying at night, uh, your spouse can sleep more easily while you have the screen in dark mode. That's my experience. But also little details, like I noticed um, there are more covers of the books and resources you're using using in the design, which is really helpful. I tend to think about books sometimes by the cover as much as I do the title. So maybe you could speak for a second about uh, some of the visual improvements that are in August 9.
1: Yeah, dark mode. So well, for those that have uh, older versions of Logos and maybe you've heard about 9, I uh, just did want to put it out there. It's the uh, the least uh, upgrade price that we've ever had. So uh, which is great because our family's getting bigger. And so we just spread that cost of development and, you know, a couple of years of work went in. Um, so obviously we, we have to pay for all that work, so to speak. Um, but yeah, it's, it's the least expensive upgrade price we've ever had. So, uh, make sure you, you know, go to the website that we set up for the podcast and so on. It's pretty impressive, but yeah, dark mode. Oh, if there was one thing that was tweeted and text and, and <laughs> blogged about, and I'm like, I, I'm not really a dark mode guy. It's I'm funny. Like, I am not either. I,
0: that's why I was so surprised This was one that it was so in demand. Oh, it
1: just, it was crazy. People are like, I'll spend any amount of money. You have dark mode. <laughs> I'm like, okay, that's not even the greatest thing, but if that's what got you excited. All right. Um, but yeah, some new aesthetics. Uh, I, I would say one of the uh, kind of subtle improvements is when you're in your library now, uh, you can right click on a title and actually create a reading plan. And re- reading plans greatly improved uh, in that one of the books that we, it was really tough to create reading plans for, were non biblical titles that aren't versified. So, Bibles and commentary, that's easy because. you you know, the structure of the book. All right. So if I want to read Romans for the next 30 days, well, it's easy. We, we've got the chapters and the verses, but with a, with a title, a a Randy Alcorn book or a Keller book, or it was a little bit more difficult because it doesn't have that, that known structure, right? All, all books are different. They're different chapters and different lengths of chapters and so on. So they really thought that through and it's pretty impressive, actually, and and that came over to mobile as well. So I'm actually reading uh, Paul Miller's title called the J Curve, and I, even on my mobile phone, just creating a reading plan was so easy, and it's so functional. So I'm 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 probably going to read a lot more now in my Logos library because I I like to read actually more in my iPad and so on. So that's a that's a great improvement that is a subtle one but actually a lot of work went into that improvement um and then uh just yeah there's new icons uh i think the other great improvement to nine is bringing all the tools and logos to what you're trying to accomplish one of the frustrating things for me is to be studying a passage or a topic and I get the information and maybe the topic guide or the theology guide. And I know there's more information in another tool, but I know that because I've lived in logos for over 20 years. I know where all the tools are. And so now we're trying to consolidate all the features and logos in where you're at. Right. So uh, you could be in a new feature called the counseling guide and we could talk about that. But as part of uh, a counseling guide factbook search, Uh, You could also take that topic and preach on it, right? Because maybe I do want counsel on being lonely, but maybe I'm feeling because of COVID and isolation that loneliness is a real issue that maybe I need to address in the pulpit. So there again, in old Logos, there was the sermon starter guide to preach on loneliness. And then there was the counseling guide and fact book. But again, there's three different places for content on loneliness And now they're all kind of in one place. So I really appreciate that little subtle change that is helping me do a better job in studying the text and a passage and so on.
0: Yeah, this is an area I feel like even over the last few versions, you can see that discoverability getting better and better. Uh, And you feel like you have to be a little bit less of an expert user to just jump right in. And I think it's a huge improvement. And I'm excited about the reading. I'm going to have to, in the past, I've tended to use Logos for for resource type uh, books. And then I'm sort of buying my reading books elsewhere. But with all the work Lexum is doing and so many books that are available through Logos, I'm really excited to start digging into maybe doing more of that reading actually within Logos, keeping notes, all that together as well
1: yeah and and i would i you know i would some somebody's asked me recently okay scott you know i I watched all the videos i don't know how many bajillion new features are in logos nine but you got to give me your top three like what what is the reason why i need to seriously consider logos for the first time or upgrade to logos nine and I would have to put my number one being factbook. And if you've had prior versions of logos, we've had factbook out since I think logo seven. Um, but the new factbook has ten times the content. Uh so it was probably the focal point for development as far as as a main feature uh for improvement. And so factbook now uh is discoverable up in the go box because in the past if you typed in a passage or topic uh, you only got you know passage guide or topic guide but now fact book is one of your items because Factbook, in my opinion is now the place that you can start anything so you can now type a passage into the fact book and get your preaching materials you can get your topical information you so Factbook to me, and it's kind of changing the paradigm in which I use Logos, but also uh, teach and demonstrate Logos at conferences, because Factbook was always a pretty powerful side tool. It wasn't where I started my study, and I'm now kind of using Factbook as the starting point for just about anything I'm doing, and the really awesome news is the the absolute biggest improvement on the mobile side is Factbook is now on mobile, so all the awesomeness of Factbook on desktop is exactly uh, on mobile. Um, I mean, you you're missing nothing. I recently I just did a Factbook on the Book of Romans, so I wanted a complete overview on the Book of Romans, and I can do that now on my iPhone, which is really insane. Um, so that again, if I if I was to pick my number one biggest improvement for logos nine uh it is absolutely how awesome and massive the factbook is now
0: maybe you could give another example of uh of the kind of thing you would you would start off by going to factbook for because again like you were saying it's not an area i tend to do a passage guide or jump right into like a pre-saved layout where i've got commentaries so how how are you seeing people use factbook as a way of jumping into a topic
1: well, for example, I could go in here and type in Ephesians 2. I'm actually doing it right now on, on the screen. And Factbook now brings me to biblical pericopes of Ephesians. So as a preacher, maybe I want to focus on Ephesians 2 to talk about being unified in Christ. Well, that's Ephesians 2, 11 through 22. So for the first time, again, Factbook was always a people, place, or things uh, kind of search, right? So if I if I want to know about David or if I want to know about Babylon or I wanted to know uh, about atonement, Factbook was a great place. But you never went there with a Greek word. You never went there with a Hebrew word. And you never went there with, with a, a Bible verse or a range of verses. But you can now. So again, Factbook is kind of becoming the centerpiece of where all the great tools and logos, kind of, uh, uh, it kind of like the spo- uh, the hub of a of a wheel. where you've got all the different spokes. Factbook is kind of becoming that place. So uh, again, I've got all those uh, biblical preaching pericopes. I now also have the uh, the the overview of Ephesians. I'm seeing here in Factbook that I can go straight to some more systematic theology content, such as. Human sin, human will, God's mercy. And you never got all of that before with Factbook. Uh, If I type in the word agape, uh, I get the biblical concept of agape. I get the preaching theme for agape. I get the Greek lemma so I can go right into word study. So again, all of these tools were in somewhere in Logos. But again, you had to know where they were. But now in Factbook, again, I just typed agape and I got a ton of ways that I could study that, preach that, uh, do word studies for that particular word. So again, Factbook is, it, and I think I've heard, you know, we just released nine. It'll be two, three years down the road and we'll have 10 and then two, three years down the road, 11 and 12. And, you know, until the Lord tarries, uh, we'll we'll continue to increase those number counts But Factbook, as of Logos 9, is going to be the centerpiece of Logos Bible Software
0: yeah it does feel like you're uh, like you're opening a Google search right It's like this is the place I'm going to put in whatever I'm starting with as a beginning point um, A couple of the other big features that um, I want to make sure we get to cover is the sermon manager, which has had significant improvements for those that are preaching uh, and then also the counseling resources that you've alluded to so maybe we could start off by talking about the sermon resources not our the sermon uh, manager not an area to be honest with you that i've I've used a lot in the past so I'm excited to dig into uh, what's new.
1: Yeah so we changed the name of Sermon Editor that released in 8 uh and if I'm going to pat myself on the back here a little bit I I have not a whole lot of weight at Logos but I can be a squeaky wheel it always bugged me that it was called Sermon Editor because for me you edit something that's already in existence right when, when I edit my kids papers they wrote the paper I'm just editing so we've changed the name to Sermon Builder now because that's what it is. You are building a sermon inside of Logos, right? And the big idea with sermon builder now is most pastors' preachers are trying to accomplish three or four things when they write a message. Number one is the message itself. So it, it's exegeting the text and, and and teaching the flock, right? So that that's that's probably the biggest goal in preaching. But then you also in these days have to create your PowerPoints because we live in a visual culture. So pastors know not only do I have to write a message, but I got to have some nice looking PowerPoints to support my points and, my, you know, the verses I quote and so on. Secondly, you've got that church bulletin, right? And some bulletins, the church that I go to, um, you know, we've got fill in the blanks because pastor wants to know, are you paying attention? So, you know, and it keeps my kids in line too, because they're waiting for that word to fill in that blank. And then I'm going to make sure when we're done, did you fill in all your blanks? Good job, Johnny, right? The number three or four, uh fourth thing, I guess, would be, um, small group resources, right? So when my pastor is preparing a message again, uh, the pulpit, uh, is probably the number one goal, but then there is the bulletin, but then there's, um, resources for our small groups where when we meet the following week, we talk about what pastor preached on Sunday. So it's kind of the the starting point for our discussion and our fellowship. And so my pastor has to think through while he's building the message, what are those little springboard questions that could be pulled from my message. So that's the big idea with Sermon Builder is with one process and logos, you're actually accomplishing all four of those things in that one process. So Logos creates your PowerPoints. It helps you create your bulletin. It helps you create your questions uh, for your small groups. Now, the new feature that has been added is called the Sermon Manager. And I love showing this. I actually got to show Logos for the first time last week at a ministry event in Phoenix. It was really weird getting on an airplane, uh, but I flew down to Phoenix. And when I showed the new Sermon Manager jaws just drop because it it allows you in two different views one is more like a spreadsheet where you title your message and maybe you create a series of five messages and what are the key verses and what are the key topics Um, but all that data is being tagged in logos which will pay massive dividends down the road because if you start using this tool in two three years, you now have a place where all of your messages reside, but they're all tagged, they're searchable. But the the view that I wait because I know it's this is the jaw the draw, uh jaw drop moment is called uh, the radial view or the radial calendar where I get to see in one screenshot the entire year. So I'm looking at it right now on my screen. I can see January, February, March. I see my series on Ephesians that ran through January and February. The great thing is I can drop in the calendar for the U.S. and see, oh, there's Mother's Day. Well, I better preach a message on the gift of mothers on Mother's Day. So it allows you to see holidays, maybe your church calendar, and actually build out your entire preaching calendar year in one view. And then the last thing is there's a new preaching mode in Logos. So once you've built your message in Logos Builder, uh, you you load it up. Uh, I'm going to load one up I've been working on here called uh, The Attributes of God. As soon as I open that in Logos, up in the right corner, there is now a little button that says Preach. And when I do that, it literally kicks it to my iPad, and I can set a timer, 45 minutes. Um, it, I can flip the page. I mean, it is literally one of the most requested features we've we've had uh, because so many pastors now are going to the pulpit with their tablets, with their iPads. So this is a way for you to do that now without all the distractions. Uh, I mean, it's just awesome. So it's it's been a huge uh, upgrade to allow preachers and pastors to preach from tablets and iPads.
0: This feels like one of those features uh, I know I have to start using because anybody who's preached for long, you inevitably know the conversation where somebody will ask you, do you remember that sermon you preached and there was that illustration you used? And you know, for me in the past, that's been lots of Word documents and the odds of me finding that again two or three years down the road is, is really small. So I'm I'm really interested in the idea of being able to have the same sort of search and access that Logos gives you to books to mm, the stuff I've written, the the sermons that I've done over the years.
1: Well, and you're able to put the church in there. So I'm looking again back to sermon manager and I just pulled up a sermon and I'm the one, I have to give it the date I'm going to preach it. I give the church, the service time, what was the audience? Was it general audience? Was it kids? Was it teens? Was it a conference? So this is all the data that you actually uh, put into your message. Uh, But again, down the road, you're exactly right. I mean, I can just imagine a pastor using this for the next five years and having hundreds of sermons now in Sermon Manager. And over on the left, I see all, all the things I can click on. Like, what are all the messages where I talked about justice? Where are all the messages where I actually preached on salvation? With one click for 2020, I can see I had nine messages where I talked about salvation. And being able to have one click and to see those messages is is amazing. Cause most I know, because I've I've done this for twenty years. I don't know how many pastors I've seen their laptop. They have a folder on their desktop. It says sermons. And when you open it, it is the most unorganized <laughs> Horrible mess. And and you can't really search it, right? You can't just search a folder for, hey, when did I preach at this church? And, And when did I preach to only teens? And when did I preach on this particular passage or this particular topic? That's the big idea with Sermon Manager.
0: Yeah, definitely a feature I'm going to start using uh, in the future. Counseling resources. That was another big area that you've alluded to, and I've seen you talk about since that uh, seems really, really helpful for pastors or anyone who's maybe uh, working, talking, leading people that may have life questions, which is for many of us, most of us. So maybe you could dig into the counseling resources.
1: Yeah, I, I said Factbook's my number one. Uh, I'd probably say the counseling guide's my number two new favorite feature. And I think mainly because it solves uh, a major hole that we had in Logos. Logos from day one was designed to exegete the text, to help you preach the text, teach the text, study the text. Uh, but what we were a pretty weak in was pastoral counsel, right? Biblical counseling for subjects. Um, and so that was a massive new improvement and a brand new guide. You know, I, I would say the bread and butter of Logos Bible software are those guides. You know, and when Logos ate, We came out with the theology guide, which is probably one of my favorites because I'm a bit of a a theology geek, if you will. I want to spend days studying the Trinity and studying God's omniscience and study the atonement. So I love living in systematic theologies and so on and so forth. Uh, But there's a new guide called the counseling guide where we have uh, amassed uh, a major database of over a thousand uh, counseling topics. And I'm in it right now. And here's what's amazing. If I type in the word marriage, well, think about that. There's the topic of marriage itself. But then Loga says, uh, how about spiritual intimacy in marriage? That's a separate counseling guide. How about conflict in marriage? How about communication in marriage? How about boundaries in marriage? Uh, You know, I was doing one of these last week. Uh, With an apologist, and I typed in the word sex, and there's 18 subcategories in the counseling guide. There's childhood sexual abuse. That's a horrible thing, but a pastor might need to counsel on that. And I honestly I wouldn't even know how to navigate those waters with somebody, right? So you you bring in the counseling guide that you want. The one that I have kind of up on my screen right now is loneliness. And it gives you a summary of loneliness, related counseling topics such as abandonment and sadness and old age. You know, I didn't even think, but yeah, you know, seniors probably deal with loneliness a little bit more than you and I might. And so we say, hey, that, that might be an area you look at. And then key Bible verses, because again, your counsel needs to be founded on the word of God. So that's important. We put that there. But then here's all the great content. Uh, that we've built and they're what we call quick reference guides. And so if I open up the quick reference guide for loneliness, uh, it's always broke into um, seven parts or eight parts. The first part is again, just a portrait, some examples or stories of loneliness. Number two is definitions and key thoughts. So these are your definitions of what loneliness is and kind of uh, the different types of loneliness. There's situational loneliness, there's emotional loneliness, there's chronic loneliness. But the, the third step is the jaw drop. Uh, when I did this event last week in Phoenix, this, I would say this was the reason most people immediately went to the Logos booth and bought Logos. There's an assessment interview, which is literally questions with fill in the blanks on how to talk with somebody about loneliness. The first question is, do you feel alone when you're in a room full of people? So, you I'm talking to, you know, John Doe across the the desk here and I I write down his response and then second question, does loneliness ever go away? Number 3, when it does, uh, what are you doing? So, it's a great way to counsel somebody on maybe a topic you're uncomfortable. Now, I I wouldn't be uncomfortable talking about loneliness. But again, there's a lot of things that people have to counsel on where, again, I wouldn't even know the right questions to ask. So this is professional biblical counseling input from some major organizations. And so these assessments are amazing. But then after that is wise counsel. So it's it's recommendations on ways that you can talk with this person about loneliness. And then there's action steps, um, you know, things to actually uh give this person, you know, uh with with actually a, a prayer example. Like how would you lead a person in prayer after you've had this time talking about this issue? Uh, so we thought about prayer. And then there's biblical insights. Um, and again, that's just one of over a thousand topics that are built into the counseling guide. So it's a very practical, useful tool. I can't wait to show this at a marriage conference uh, because as parents, you're, you're counselors, right? I mean, you, you've got to counsel all day long at the dinner table. I mean, my daughter was on the couch yesterday crying and my wife had to, you know, talk with her about what she's crying about. So, and, and a lot of it, I don't know how to navigate these waters. Right. So I love the new counseling guide and it's probably one of the major new features of Logos 9.
0: Part of what I've been finding helpful about it is uh, even outside of those conversations going when I know I'm preaching on a subject that's related to a topic or even writing about one uh, going and just seeing the subcategories will oftentimes jog your memory. You know, I really can't cover this topic without acknowledging something about this subtopic or without maybe my language has been off. Maybe I would be better off to use this language. I think it's just a really helpful resource for digging deeper into those human experiences as well.
1: So one of the things I'm going to share with you, and you're going to get hopefully a little excited on the mobile side, there is no guide. You have a guides section on Logos Mobile. So iPad, Android, whatever. And you'll notice there is no counseling guide. And it's like, ah, I love the counseling guide. And I'd love to have it in my back pocket because there's many times I'm at a coffee shop and I need my counseling guide because I'm talking to somebody. It, It actually is. If you go to Factbook, remember I said Factbook is the centerpiece of Logos 9. If you go to Factbook on mobile, go ahead and type in loneliness, go ahead and type in anxiety, guess what? Counseling guide's there. So we pull in the counseling guide in the Factbook. Now I think in an update in the next three, four, five months, there finally will be there in the guides section, counseling guide. But all the information and all the content, Actually, can be found in Factbook.
0: Yeah, that's good to know. Well, two years have gone into Logos Nine. Uh, other things that have you excited, or just generally speaking, as you look forward to the way uh, Logos Faith Life is impacting more in many ways today, so much more than just pastors, right? The church as a whole. Uh, what gets you excited about about the months, the years to come ahead with these new resources coming out?
1: You know, i I, I would have to say it is. I think we've been amassing a massive amount of content over the last 20 years. And that's super important, right? Um, We need good biblical content to do study commentaries and Bible dictionaries and and things like that. And then tools to study the original languages. But I think what the focus has been and will continue to be is bringing all that into one place. Uh, Because again, 20 years ago, I uh, actually was introduced years ago at the Moody uh, Moody Pastors Conference and the president at the time said that I've been with Logos since it was u- user hateful, <laughs> <laughs> not user friendly. And I get what he was saying. It's a very powerful tool, but it, it you really had to get trained in order to use it. Um, I think what I'm loving about Logos now is that with example Factbook. If that's all you ever open in Logos now, it might be the only thing you ever e- you'd need to know about, honestly. Whereas in the past, you would get really frustrated with Logos because maybe you needed biblical counsel for something or maybe you needed uh, information on a Greek word. And if you didn't know what little tool to open or what guide to open or what kind of search, to, you, you got really frustrated because it's so frustrating to know that you own a tool. That is super capable, can actually do what you want it to do, but you can't figure it out. That's so frustrating. So I think what where we're going with logos and consolidating features and and kind of thinking through process, you know, kind of thinking like, you know, one of my favorite stories is Randy Alcorn told me recently that because of logos, there are now chapters in some of his books that are only there because logos suggested that he go and look at this. And his mind never thought to go look at that. And then when he did look at that, he's like, wow, that absolutely connects and adds insight to what I want to teach here. So entire chapters in some of his books because of logos. And so I think uh, that's exciting. Uh, but I also think the the way that we're visualizing the Bible, we live in a very visual culture. Probably the my favorite thing is when I travel and I have uh, a room full of Elderly and young people, and married couples and singles, but there's always a point in my presentation where I start showing the visual tools and logos, those interactives, and probably the best one uh, in Logos Nine is called the uh, Bible Books Explorer. Um, but I love it when I look out into the room and I have undivided attention, like literally jaws drop, oohs, ahs, amens, high fives, and that typically doesn't happen when you talk about Bible study. Right. I mean, let's just be honest. I, I, since you and I have done a podcast a few months back, I literally did a zoom webinar with 250 teenagers for two hours. And the, I would say the only reason they stayed for two hours was because of the way that logos visualizes the Bible when we, when we talked about Jerusalem, I took them to Jerusalem in logos and I showed them what it looks like today. And I showed them what it looked like at the time of Christ. And I mean, when, and when you can actually bring your eyeballs and your Bible study and actually show what you're studying, that that's a whole new level of Bible study excitement. You know, it, it's funny. Uh, recently, I got a, an email from somebody that got logos and uh, they said, Scott, for the first time ever. I was doing Bible study, and I looked up at the clock and it was three a m and I lost track of time because I was so into it and wouldn't that be amazing if if we just lost track of time because we're so excited about studying the Bible? I mean, we lose track of time all all the time binge binge watching I mean I'm a chop fan i my wife just thinks oh lord uh if if I'm watching t v it's probably chopped um and yeah. I've watched Chop till 2, 3 in the morning. And what does that profit me? Nothing really. Maybe I can cook a little bit better. I don't know. Um, But wouldn't it be amazing to look up at the clock one night and it's 2 a.m. And you're like, oh, I I really have to go to bed. I have to shut this down. But I don't want to. That would be an amazing problem, quote unquote, to have, right? And so that's another area of Logos that excites me is we're getting more visual uh, with video and interactives and, and things like that.
0: Well, I think you capture well, especially considering I'm asking you to talk over a podcast audio (laughs) about the visuals. Uh, There'll be links, of course, for people to go and see all the features we're talking about, the demos. There's some really good ones out with Logos 9. Um, But I I see the same thing happening. I've got a couple of young guys in my congregation who are not in ministry. They're working professionals, but they've been investing in building their Logos Bible software and and seeing the fruit of it in their lives. And I'm constantly trying to turn writers on, uh, many of which are not pastors, just to the benefits of having so many any of those resources at hand instead of having to go to Google and sort through what you find there. Um, a big portion of the audience are people who are writing, whether that's writing Bible studies, writing books, blog posts. Many of them are pastors, many are not. Um, for those who, who may not have made the investment yet, uh, you sort of alluded to Randy Acorn as well. But do you hear that Logos is a tool for writers as well? And, and, and how do you see it impacting maybe that work many of the listeners have in front of them, which is writing projects?
1: Well, that's kind of full circle from our conversation is that, uh, you know, I don't think anybody would argue that Tim Keller is a pretty good writer. You know, uh, I think the the day he releases something that day, it's a New York Times bestseller. It's, it's just, you know, very popular writer who has a methodology. He's a paper guy. Uh, When I walked Around his apartment, it basically was – I felt like he was living in a library because every single wall had a bookcase. The bathroom had bookcases. Every wall had a bookcase, and they're all full. And he knows where those books are, and he'd pull them. But he said, I "I have to learn how to use Logos more effectively because I want to write more. I want to do more. And and it, it's paid major dividends to relearn the way that he writes and researches using logos because the amount that you can do, uh, you know, to lay out 100 books on a table and find all the content on a particular topic or subject or maybe you're writing fiction, but you want to allude to Ruth or have a biblical figure. I mean, that's just a lot of research that logos can literally do in seconds when you type in a topic and a passage and click go we've done some time management surveys it it literally is 50 60 70 hours of paper flipping done in seconds because our opinion is if you're going to write and or do research or do bible study in general Why don't you spend those 15, 20 minutes, 30 minutes or an hour actually in the text itself with all the great resources around you and helping you not looking for the information? So that's the big plus for an author is it it literally is like you're getting ready to write. You sit down, you open up logos and then you get up one more time and you open up a door somewhere in your room And in walks your favorite theologians, in walks a Greek scholar, a Hebrew scholar, an archaeologist, an apologist, all around you helping you study the text. That's what Logos is. It's that research team that everyone has prayed for at one time or another. And I never got that, right? Like I, I, I was in ministry for a while. It would have been great to have 10 people or 20 people that when I'm getting ready to preach, you just read all my stuff and let's meet back here Tuesday and tell me what I got. It never happened, but it it does happen now in Logos, and I think Logos does a better job. So it's the efficiency, it's the amount of time it saves you, and then little cool features like automatic citation. Like when I show that to a group of authors that I cut and paste a paragraph from a lo- from a book in Logos, it automatically cites it in APA, MLA, trade. They're like, "What? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, K. Arthur said if K. Arthur's told me if Logos." did nothing but that it would be the best Bible
0: in plan well and i right? find myself uh, constantly you, you go down some da- rabbit hole and then all of a sudden oh i need this book which i don't have well even best case scenario amazon delivers it in two days or with logos oftentimes i jump over and i purchase it and it's downloaded and i'm using it 45 you know seconds a minute later which has been when you're in that train of thought for research that's that's valuable in and of itself just as a way of getting access to content
1: Yeah. You know, and I, you, I love my Kindle. I, I I am still kind of a sit by the fire. My, my morning time is a real paper Bible with that nice leather smell. I mean, and my highlighter, right. Um, but for research, for writing, for studying, you can't beat the benefit and power of a system that has been built for 30 years. That's the other thing. Uh, with every new version, that's more technology that you have at your disposal. Uh, again, we're pushing 500 employees. So we're not six people in a garage somewhere. This is a, this is a real, uh, pretty amazing technology company uh, that takes the Bible very, very, very seriously and feels that maybe the best use of technology is studying the scripture, that we believe that. And and I'm glad because we have developers at Life that could easily be making ten times what they do down at Microsoft. We're you know we're just a little north of Seattle, but really feel that God has gifted them with their ability to dream in ones and zeros to help the body of Christ study the Bible better. Amen. Because uh, that's not me. I, I do not dream in ones and zeros. I I am. Uh, you know, for for all of our tech supported logos, I'm their worst nightmare. I'm <laughs> I'm the guy. How does this work? How does that work? Um, but thank God there are those again that are gifted with that ability and have decided I want to use those gifts to bless the church. And and I think we we're seeing the fruit of that. We have six million users now worldwide. We've released logos in Portuguese and Spanish and Chinese and Korean. Uh, so it's a multilingual platform. Um, And then we have free training. So for those listening going, I don't know, you know, yes, Keller got to have Scott go to his apartment. Can Scott come to my house? Um, Probably not. But we have great free training. So we have a training website with like a 100 videos that are two, three minutes each that will literally walk you through based on the task that you want to accomplish, how to use Logo. So there, there really is no reason why you won't love and use this and it will greatly impact your writing and your ministry.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I want to make sure people get a chance. Uh, Maybe you could let us know the best way. We have worked out a little bit of an agreement as well, but for them to be able to upgrade or to purchase, uh, now's the perfect time to do that. So the best way, if somebody is interested getting in the first time or just upgrading their version, how they can go about that.
1: Yeah, like we did last time, we're going to have a special discount just for the uh, the thank you for having us on the podcast. It's just going to be logos.com forward slash pastor writer. So logos.com forward slash pastor writer. Go there. It'll be a special promotional discount. It'll be better than if you called us. I mean, it, it, it really is a, a special offer to the listeners of the podcast. Um, and I think they're going to put my email address on there. If you want to upgrade, just go ahead and give me a, an email uh, simply because, you know, we have to look up your account. It was, uh, I, it was funny in Phoenix last week. I had somebody come up to the booth quite angry because they had purchased Logos 8 three months ago. And they were like, oh, I can't believe I spent all that money. And then three months later, and so I I calmed this person down and I looked up their account. Guess how much their upgrade was to Logos 9? How much? It was $18. because he just bought it so we take all that into consideration so it was kind of funny he felt a little weird that he was kind of raging a little bit <laughs> and
0: then really happy just people. immediately afterwards yeah <laughs> and
1: then i said i said is 17 dollars that fair he's like what did you just say 17 what i was like yeah because you just bought it we take that into consideration so um email me that'll be on the website as well uh, i can look up uh what your upgrade price would be um but once again, uh, you know, I, I've, I've been doing this for so long. I remember thinking Logos ten years ago. How can it get any better than this? This is so amazing. And then our awesome development team of over a hundred programmers comes out with a new version of Logos, and I'm just blown away. Like, wow, uh, this is awesome. That I get to travel the globe and show people how awesome your Bible study can be because of Logos.
0: Yep, I've been a user since, uh, well, it's been over 15 years now, and and every release I get excited about what's coming out. I've already upgraded, so I highly recommend you do it, too. I think it'll be worth it. And uh, all those links, that information, we'll have it in the show notes on the website, so you can just check PastorWriter.com. It'll be there as well, too. Scott, uh, I'm super excited about all the work you're doing, super excited about what's to come, and just really grateful you take the time today to walk us through all things Logos and all things Logos 9.
1: Hey, thanks for having me.
0: As always, you can find show notes for today's episode by going to slash 130 And don't forget to check out the special discount that Scott mentioned. You can find it uh, on the show notes. There's a link on the Pastor pastorwriter website as well as you can go to logos.com/pastorwriter to be able to check out uh, purchasing logos for the first time or upgrading. There's a great discount for listeners and a special thanks to Faith Life for their generosity on that. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the show, leave a review or a rating. It's always helpful for you back. And as always, thanks for listening. Until next time.